Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Part-Time Outdoors Podcast, hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Welcome back, everybody, to Part-Time Outdoors. Uh, today, we have episode four. Uh, who do we have coming on, Matt? Today, Greg Trainer from Accessible Hunter will be joining us. Uh, Greg's a devoted, to say the least, hunter and outdoorsman who suffered a spinal cord injury back in 1999, which he'll get into on this episode. And since that time, he's really, instead of letting that spinal cord injury get the best of him, he's kind of got the best of the spinal cord injury bouncing back. He's made his own website, he's developed his own blog, and he's really had a lot of success out in the field. Um, he's been a role model and an influencer to a lot of people, including specifically hunters with disabilities. Yeah. Um, we really dug in deep here as far as like why he started his page. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that why he did start it. Um, he also said he wanted to be positive in the community as well as, you know, maybe be inspirational to other people that are going through the same things that he did in 99 to uh, give them an opportunity to be involved in the outdoors. Yeah, we're really hoping this is not just an inspiration to us, but to you as well. And we're hoping if it can just reach one person with a disability that just give them a little bit of hope this episode will be worth it. Yeah, uh, we touch on some different things on some different equipment that he utilizes to help him uh, in the outdoors. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, jump right into it, Matt. Yeah, we'll go ahead and flip it over to Greg. And welcome to the show, Greg Trainer. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got a treat for you guys today. Uh, Greg Trainer from Accessible Hunter is on the show. Uh, I ran into Greg. Well, I didn't run into him, but I was surfing the web on Instagram uh, a couple of days ago, 
And the PA Game Commission put a comment or a post about wearing your orange out during the season. And I saw a comment that said, good luck to everybody. And I was like, who's this guy wishing me luck? Because usually that's not how it goes in the uh, deer hunting world. So I clicked on his page and I was like, wow, this guy is an inspiration. Like just out there getting it done. And I was like, I got to have him on the podcast. So we reached out to him and uh, Greg was, was uh, nice enough willing. to join us. Yeah, exactly. Willing to come on. So yeah, uh, Greg, um, if you don't mind, uh, we've been uh, checking out your uh, Facebook page and different things and things that you're involved in. Uh, like I said, you really do put a very good positive vibe out there as far as for the hunting industry. Um, if you could, you know, maybe break it down a little bit and kind of tell us about yourself, uh, what you're about, like, you know, as far as maybe and get into detail what exact exactly accessible hunter is. Sure. Um, well, um, I'm 53 years old and, uh, I've been hunting since I was 12. I grew up here in Southwestern Pennsylvania and I guess a lot of people my age, you know, whenever you turn 12, you always get your hunting license and go hunting with, you know, friends and family. So, that was my introduction to hunting. Um, my dad wasn't a, a real big hunter. We'd do a little small game hunting. And uh, usually the first week of deer season, he'd take off work and we'd go hunting. Um, I started really bow hunting in high school whenever I met an older older uh, friend of mine. He was a few years older and kind of took me under his wing bow hunting. So I got really interested in archery and bow hunting in high school in college and I, I just really enjoyed it so much and whenever i was 31 i was working uh i was living in cape cod and uh i had a diving accident where i was in waist deep water i lived on a little lake and was out uh you know with friends and thought i dove out in into the lake <clears throat> and just kind of hit my head it was a kind of a freak accident one of those deals and i broke my neck at the c4-5 level so at 31, I, I got a pretty significant spinal cord injury, and I'm paralyzed from the chest down. Um, you know, at that time, I was an adult and working and everything and traveling around the country and couldn't really do that anymore, but uh, went to uh, a really good rehabilitation center in Atlanta, Georgia called Shepherd's. Oh, center. I was going to say Shepherd. That's uh, we that's the, one of the best ones. We send a lot of our uh, spinal cord injuries there from Morgantown. I've I've heard amazing things about Shepherd. I I was so fortunate. Uh, you know, when when you're in a situation like that, your family always tries to figure out what is the best best you know treatment for you. And my my family did a little bit of research. This was pre-internet, I guess you could say. You know, before people could research everything at the drop of a hat and they uh, found Shepherd Center and they, they flew me down there um, by medical uh, jet. And I was still on a ventilator and everything. I'd had a couple of surgeries and really I, I just wasn't medically stable hardly at all. I, I spent a month in Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, um, you know, on life support and everything. And when I flew down to Shepherd, I was still on a vent. But whenever I got there, you know, they, they kind of asked me what my interests were and um, we kind of worked it out with a little bit of a message board and everything. And I still couldn't talk, um, being, you know, vent dependent, but they figured out pretty quick talking to my family that I was a pretty big hunter and at least enjoyed hunting a lot. And one of the very first things Shepard did 
was they took me down to the gymnasium and, and let me shoot um, an, an air rifle using a, assisted technology, you know, a, a, a BMF uh, trigger adapter. And I thought, man, if I can still shoot, you know, I'm just doing it a different way. Mm-hmm. And all of the therapeutic rec department at Shepherd Center, they focus in on what a person wants to do and, and what their, their interest is. And then they, you know, tailor the rehab to you. And in 1999, I mean, that was that was something. And that kind of gave me the perspective that, hey, you know, life isn't over. I could still kind of do things just a different way. And um, I, I kind of started over at, at 31, um, you know, trying to get stronger and, and moving forward on that. That's that's pretty that's an amazing story there, Greg. It, Honestly, it, it is. It really is. That we see we see too many times, you know, people people suffer from injuries and they just kind of give up. And I recognized in, in your picture the uh, I guess the the trigger mechanism. Do you you blow into that or do you suck on it? Uh, I suck on it like a straw. That's a um, uh, be adaptive sip and puff trigger activator okay and it it runs off of like a 12 volt current i have it uh, wired in uh, with a just a a plug um, on my wheelchair that i don't i don't have to use a, a separate battery i use the batteries on my on my power chair and i just suck on it and it uh it it activates the trigger almost like a electric door lock on, on your car right i've you seen them before that. in the hospitals um they use them as call lights but i've never seen one attached to it like a gun or anything before so i thought that was yeah, really it's, interesting it, it's an awesome system um i started off with the bm uh, bmf trigger activator but um it's a crank and it, it works really great and i still use it on my shotgun but i can't feel my my hands or my arms um i can't feel anything from the chest down so Whenever I was shooting initially, that's what I used, but I'd have to look through the scope and then look and see where my hand was in reference to pulling the trigger. So I, I wasn't quite as accurate with a rifle or uh, my uh, crossbow using it um, as I am the sip and puff because I don't have to break, break concentration looking at the scope, uh, you know, and, and just sip, sip and puff. It's, it's a really seamless uh, system. Yeah, that's amazing. That is. I mean, honestly, it's crazy how, the, and how innovative that is as far as, you know, being able, someone in your situation like that to still be able to hunt and especially, you know, as far as use a crossbow and stuff like that. Especially you said you got into archery. You know, that's what I mean. You're able to do that as well. Um, uh, I, I don't know what I'd do without archery. Um, that's, that's probably my favorite time of year is October and um, just shooting my crossbow. It's it's really a, a good therapy for me. Um, it took me about 10 years to get strong enough to, to be able to go hunting again. Um, I didn't go hunting until 2010. Um, I, I had done other things. I went back to school and got my master's in rehabilitation counseling and assistive tech at Pitt. And um, that kind of took a little extra time. I, I went part-time. But, you know, to get strong enough to go back out and even just shooting at the range, uh, we, we belong to Falcon Archers here in, in uh, Cannonsburg, and it's just such a nice time to go out and shoot, you know, with friends and family and, and, and still enjoy everything that, that archery has to offer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, won't you tell us a little bit exactly, you know, about Accessible Hunter? Exactly, you know, what was your idea behind it, you know, starting the Facebook page and, you know, all your other social yeah. media? 
and kind of go from there and break us down for break it down for us. Yeah, when whenever I first started hunting again in 2010, there was not any information that I could find really about adaptive hunting. So I was kind of making things up as I went, um, kind of inventing a couple of different things, couple couple mounts and things. And I started writing a blog, um, Accessible Hunter blog. And um, I did that for a number of years. And then Facebook became, you know, more popular. And um, I switched over to the Accessible Hunter Facebook page. And that's not kind of saying, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. But I, I kind of feature people from around the country and get, get people's perspective on what they're doing, too, so that we're not all reinventing the wheel that we can learn from each other and encourage each other. And it's surprising that I talk with men and women all over the country and sometimes all over the world with the exact same story as me. And they're doing the exact same things. You know, they, they uh, zip tie and, and duct tape things together, making things more accessible. And we all say the same thing that, you know, getting out with friends and family, we're just doing it a different way. And once you get past the, I can't do this to where I'm going to try or I'm not afraid to try it and, and see what happens. It's just so much fun. It's it's so rewarding. Um, you know, I, I shoot a, a buck that's, you know, a six point or an eight point that a lot of people these days would, would say, oh, could you use one more year? I, I, I kind of hate that. You know, it's it shoot what shoot what makes you happy and, and what you have the opportunity to do. And um, for me to get out, it, every day is just so much fun in a ground blind and uh, getting to talk with people and, and find out how they're doing things and, and sharing their success. That's what's important to me. So the Accessible Hunter platform is, is just a way of sharing that with people who are maybe newly injured or just starting out or guys that have been hunting you know, 20, 30 years with a significant disability and all of us learning from each other. That's a, you were talking about encouraging others and things like that, not necessarily just doing it for yourself. And it, it kind of a roundabout way, just not looking at people with disabilities and things, but I, I feel like the news is just littered with uh, bad outcomes and everyone's getting sick and they, they really never share that much about positive outcomes and things like that. So you're when we see and that was one of the reasons I want to do this podcast was we, we don't see enough good that happens. And I feel like that can encourage not just the people that have disabilities, but also other people that, you know, we're just sick of, and tired of hearing just negative outcomes all day long. So, I mean, it, I'm just amazed by you. I mean, well, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head earlier when you said about, uh, the PA game commission and some of the, some of the comments that people uh, put in the comment section are, are all negative sometimes. And I, I think the game commission's trying to do a lot of, a lot of good things. And um, it, it's easy for some keyboard warriors sometimes to come off with an offhand remark, but you know, if, if you're looking for the good in people and you're trying to encourage other people, that's out there too. Um, I always try to, to see the good in, in people. And whenever I was at Shepherd Center, one of the things that got me through each day was finding one thing to be thankful for and to kind of say that out loud. And we try to do that around the dinner table at night to, you know, how was your day? And uh, we call it best and worst. 
And, you know, you, you have to have a best, but you don't you don't have to have a worst. But you have to kind of articulate something good that happened to you that day. And yeah. um, I, think it, I think it's important that we recognize that. And if you're looking for the good in the world, you know, it's easy to find. There's a lot of people that help me along the way and support me, you know, physically, emotionally and uh, give up their time to, to take me hunting and and help me to get set up and everything. And I really am thankful for the, the whole hunting community. Um, anytime I've ever asked for assistance or, or needed something, there's always been somebody willing to give up their time. And, uh, you know, whether it's the first day of the season and they're doing a, a disabled uh, hunt or, or just taking, you know, friends and family hunting, um, there, there's so many good people out there if you just look for it. Right. I was reading in your bio um, one of the things that kind of stuck out at me was um, you said you need to have the right equipment, but then right after that, it said you need to have the right attitude. And it's good to see that you really live and stick by your brand. I, I, I really, I, I think if, if you're positive, you have a much better chance of a positive result. If you're the type of person that says, Oh, I can't do this, or this is terrible. You know, this, I'm never going to be able to achieve this. You're kind of defeating yourself before you before you even start. And if you go out with a good attitude and you at least try, um, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I mean, I've I've missed deer being able bodied. I've shot over deer, under deer, <laughs> behind deer. Heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. So I'm never going to be a professional hunter uh, if if I if I miss. I I just want to take an ethical shot. So. I spend a lot of time on the range perfecting my craft and try to be the best you know shot I can be. But I just try to go out and have a good time and and, and enjoy life. You know, it's it, it's too short to to sit in a room and watch TV all day and and not try things. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And another thing that you touched base on was, you know, someone that maybe recently had been injured or something along those lines, and they run across your page. You know, that's huge to them because. At that time, I'm sure someone needs that uplifting in there and then, you know, kind of gives them something maybe to look forward to in the future that, you know, well, maybe this could be, you know, okay and that, you know, I can get into something like the accessible hunter or something like that. I really, I, I, that, that really hit home. Well, it, it, as far as like being, I don't want to say a role model, but an example for people, you know, if, if you've never been around people with disabilities or, you know, haven't had any experience seeing people be successful, you wouldn't think um, that, you know, we kill as many deer as we do, or we go on as many hunting trips as, as we do. Um, so I think when people see people in their situation or their level of injury, and they think, well, if that, if that woman or that guy can do it, you know, why can't I? Or um, they, they say to their friends or their family, Hey, look at this guy's setup, you know, um, I, I made my my uh, crossbow mount. I, I kind of designed it over the years, and uh, my buddy welded it for me and, and made it. And when you buy equipment off the shelf, sometimes it's one size doesn't fit anyone, but you kind of adjust it and you uh, you make make uh, little tweaks here and there, and then you get used to it and you start being more successful. And I mean, I, I can shoot probably as well as I shot able-bodied. It just takes me a little bit longer to get on the target these days, you know. Is that a uh, ten point crossbow that you're shooting? It it is. Um, 
I, I shoot the 10 point stealth uh, NXT, and I really like like the 10 points. I mean, there's tons of different crossbows out there, but I like the 10 point because of the crank. That was one of the first first crossbows that had the built in crank, and they got really good customer service. And they're pretty close by my house. They're only about an hour hour and a half away in Ohio. And those folks have always treated me pretty good whenever I had a question or anything. They they were really great at customer service and I, I enjoy shooting it. It's an accurate bow and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hooked on it. It's just such a small world. It's crazy. So when I clicked on your page, I had no, I like, I knew nothing about you. I didn't know where you were from. So it turns out he lives like probably 40, 50 minutes from me, like not far. And then it turns out that he used to work at Hills, like in Bridgeport. And yeah. I loved Hills growing up. They had free popcorn. Like that was that was my mantra. Like my mom said we're going to Hills. I was I was in the car already. I'm getting that free popcorn. Yeah. But then <laughs> my friend, um, her dad works at Ten Point Crossbows, and her husband's all the time giving me uh, Ten Point Crossbow hats. I actually had just put a sticker on our equipment that was 10 point crossbows. And then I, I scroll down to the bottom of your page and I see 10 point crossbows. And I was like, okay, that's like three coincidences in a row. Like this guy's definitely coming on the podcast. <laughs> that's perfect. There's no, no such thing as a coincidence, right? right? Everything's happening around us. Oh man, that's great. Well, Greg, um, as far as, you know, hunting this year, what do you kind of have planned, um, you know, as far as any hunts that you have coming up? I know you say you like October. I know we're a little early here, but, you know, anything, you know, more you're looking forward to this year, anything different or, you know, something that you used to doing on a yearly basis? I, I am uh, getting ready for the season. I've, I've been shooting a lot and um, our, our season comes in here on the 18th uh, in, in area 2B. So it's two weeks earlier than the rest of Pennsylvania. So I've had some cameras out. Um, I'm kind of hooked on these on these new cellular cameras, the reveals. I don't know if earlier you heard my phone blinging, but um, it's really nice that I can have the scouting cameras, you know, text my phone. Um, as a person with a disability, I don't have to worry about pulling cards or anything. And it's, it's nice to see images. Um, this morning at 6 a.m., I had my first coyote on a, on a, on a camera walk by. So I'm looking forward to maybe getting out Saturday morning just for deer. And, um, I usually hunt Pennsylvania and Maryland, uh, for archery. So I, I think I'm going to, uh, hunt, hunt here on, on Saturday. And then I got a couple of different spots and I'm always looking forward to turkey season, whether it's in the fall or in the spring. Um, those are my two big things is archery with deer and then spring turkey. Um, I usually still use my my uh, crossbow, and then in in the fall maybe I'll use my my shotgun for for turkey. Okay, yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah, I, I was looking at your page before we got on the phone here with you, and I saw that you had a coyote pop up. That makes it probably pretty nice. And uh, uh, as far as the cell cam, especially waking up in the morning to some pictures, something to look forward to every morning. That's for sure. That, that's part of my morning routine. I get up and have some some hot tea and check uh, trail cameras and. Uh, then, you know, get on Facebook, that kind of thing. And it, it's a, a definite blessing to be able to see deer. I mean, even if they're does walking by, I, I still get excited. I, I like seeing them. Absolutely. That's what it's about. How do you like the reveal cam? Me and uh, Matt go back and forth with some different gear <laughs> things here with some cell cams. Uh, I 
I personally had some differences with some different ones, and he has as well. Does the reveal work pretty well? Don't tell me it works good. I'm not buying anything else. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I really like them. I haven't had any issues. Um, I know that some people maybe have have issues with cell coverage and things, or sometimes people use um, the wrong SD card on a couple of groups. Um, people were you know, saying they, they had trouble getting getting pictures and things. But I always get a, a three-shot burst, and um, I haven't had any issues. I, I've been really lucky. I only have two of them, so I don't, I don't run a, a whole, you know, ton of cameras. But I haven't had any issues at all. They, they've worked great for me, and I, I enjoy using them. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I am highly interested in. I believe it's called your Track Fab. I don't know if track is after tractor because I saw some videos of that thing going through like creeks and over hills and, and everything. Is that is that what you call it a track fab? Yep, it's a it's a track fab. Uh, it's a thirty inch uh, wheelchair and it it's almost like a little bobcat. It has the treads on the side and there there's a bunch of different companies that make tracked uh, wheelchairs anymore. Um, this particular one is made in Slippery Rock, which is about an hour from my house, and um, I bought it. Uh, it's my second tracked wheelchair. The first one I bought was an action track chair, and it was a little bit wider, and I had to trailer it. Um, and uh, they're, they're all good chairs. I mean, any, any anyone that you want to buy, this particular one that I have, the, the track fab, it has the rehab seating on it, so it does the tilt recline, and I'm able to uh, extend my legs so I can do weight shifts and stuff. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but when you're in a power chair, if you don't take pressure off your bottom, you can get a pressure. Oh yeah. Very easily. I see that way too often. Oh yeah. In in, in your line of work. And, um, if you're not, if you're not diligent about pressure relief, you know, in a ground blind, you can get a a pressure sore pretty quick. So are um, those like padded seats too, or do you put a, you're in special pad under them or how's that work? Well, I've, I've got a, uh, it's called a Rojo Quattro cushion. It's a air air cushion, and um, my butt kind of floats floats in it. You, you sink down into it a little bit, and it's supposed to give pretty good pressure relief. But about every 35 or 45 minutes, I try to tilt back. Um, if you kind of think of yourself in a lazy boy uh, chair, if you, every day, you know, re- re- <laughs> recline that chair. That, that's what I try to do. But it doesn't always work out in the ground blind. Sometimes if if it's uh, the ruts going on, sometimes I, I might go an hour or so without, you know, leaning back because I don't want to spook something. Right. Um, does it, that make a it, noise when you when you lean it back? It does. It has an actuator that uh, just makes like a, a little buzz noise. Um, but it, it's it's definitely something you want to be concerned about when you're hunting. You, right. I always try to get in early and let things settle down, um, making noise and. When I'm when I'm setting up in a ground blind, I can move my my mount, you know, four or five inches one way or the other, which translates into maybe a 15 foot area, you know, 15 yards left or right that I'm kind of set up waiting for that deer to walk in on. And using the tilt recline on on my chair, that's how I adjust the up and down uh, a little bit more for my for my sights, too. So. Are you using um, like a like a ghillie blanket over you? Or are you plowing into bushes? Like how how are you concealing yourself? Well, a lot of times I'll use a um, a Mar- Maristep 
ground blind. It's just a pop-up one. Okay. And um, if I don't use the ground blind, then I will just use like a ghillie, ghillie type material and uh, just kind of brush myself in. Um, it's kind of weird that deer don't don't really see me in my wheelchair as a person sometimes. Um, it, it's kind of a weird thing to look at me and like sometimes I, I don't think I can figure out what I am, you know, because um, my, my profile is not not like a human silhouette anymore. Used to, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a little tank chair, you know. Hey, that works to your advantage. So you got to take everything you can get right there with that. I, I tried. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like you've been successful with all the pictures you've been posting. So maybe I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to switch up something because they, I mean, they see me coming. Well, I, I, th- I think, you know, you guys put a lot of time into hunting and. You you and you enjoy it a lot. It's it's a passion for you, and I'm kind of the same way. And if if I go out and I I don't see any deer, it's a little bit frustrating. But I I can still see squirrels or see a raccoon or I mean anything kind of breaks up the day. You know, it's right. it's always a good day out no matter what what you see or what you harvest. That's that's just how it is for me. Now that track fab is that is that gas powered? Did, did you get the battery powered one? They they do have a gas powered one. I I, don't I imagine that one would be loud. Yeah, I, I think that's more for like uh, long distance, like right. farm use kind of deal. Um, the the power on on my chair it, it has two twelve volt batteries. They're like uh, deep cycle car batteries. Right. Um. So it has a I think a six or eight mile. Uh, you know, range on, on a battery charge. I've never had any issues with, with being out in the field or anything and get stuck. Um, I, I had it down in the swamps down in Maryland two years ago before COVID and I was probably in 10 or 12 inches of water and, uh, just, you know, pushing right through. So, so it's pretty um, much waterproof then. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're pretty well designed. Um, the, the motors on them are sealed and stuff and, I don't, I don't really beat it up too much. I, I try to, you know, take pretty good care of it. And plus I, I keep it in my house. So if, uh, if I get mud up to the, up to the joystick on it, my wife will, uh, <laughs> um, not, not be happy about that. You know, we, we, uh, we, we broom it off and all that before we pull it in, into the house, but I, I try not to abuse it, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm also looking at some of your other pictures here. I see you just, uh, you do a lot of range time. Uh, do you shoot a lot, you know, as far as not obviously crossbow, but like rifle and so forth like that going to the range? I, I try to get out, um, you know, a couple times a month. I'd, I'd like to go every day if I could. I'm, I'm addicted to, to shooting and, and getting out, but I'd probably go out a couple times a month. And I'm fortunate that I belong to a gun club here, here close to home and also, uh, you know, the archery club. So, everything's about maybe 10 minutes from my house it makes it nice to to go out and and shoot and the ranges are accessible with my wheelchair um the the clubs that i belong to they've really gone out of their way to make it accessible not only for me but other people and um they're pretty inclusive trying to get families out and uh you know non uh non-traditional hunters you know we're, we're trying to get you know people with disabilities uh youth, um, women, people of color, um, trying to get, you know, the more hunters, the more shooters, the better. I mean, 
it's it's an exciting time to to be out there. Exactly. Um, you know, I, everybody's got their buddy or there's someone that they hunt with. You know, Matt's probably my go-to guy when it comes to uh, we do a lot of waterfowl hunting together. You know, when it comes to the whitetail side of things, it's my dad. We and him do it a lot of together. You know, do you have anyone that you usually, you know, hunt with on, you know, your turkey or deer hunting or anything like that that you like to go with uh, in particular? Yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. Um, my brother's retired, so uh, he and I go hunting a good bit together. Um, I'm super fortunate. My, my wife and I hunt uh, a lot together. She she doesn't hunt. Um, she buys her license and she can out shoot me at the range every time, but she's more into taking pictures and, uh, you know, getting me set up and everything. But we travel a lot together. We'll go on, we'll go on trips. Uh, usually one week out of, out of the year, we'll, we'll take a trip somewhere. Um, very fortunate that I got a good buddy in Maryland that he invites me down to his place every year to, to archery hunt. And, um, people just, you know, can't do enough for me. There's a couple of groups in the area that, that put on hunts and things. And um, I, I'm, I'm just really blessed that I do have good family and good friends, um, you know, to get to get me out there. And if I call them up and say, hey, I, I arrow the deer, you know, can can you come and you know track it for me? They do. And um, Now, will that, really will that track five, uh, drag a deer? It, it does. I've. I've actually dragged two deer at the same time with it. Oh, wow. It, it's, a, it's a beast. Um, I know who I'm calling if I shoot a deer in PA this year, then. <laughs> I, I, I've, uh, I've dragged probably uh, 10 or 12 deer with it. Wow. And it's always funny if we're, if we're on a guided hunt, people, like I said, are always so willing to help me. And they're like, we'll drag this out for you, Greg. I'm like, no, I just tie it to the back of the chair. And we'll, <laughs> we'll let the chair do the work. And, that's kind of fun too, that people see, you know, adaptive equipment and, um, that may, maybe I, I get to surprise them every now and then, you know, that that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it was your wife or who took the video of you, but I did see a video of you calling in turkeys and I must say you're, you're quite a good caller. I should have had you, uh, grab a turkey call too, before you came on so you can show everyone your turkey calling skills. <laughs> Oh, I, that's funny you say that because, I mean, I, I think I suck at it so bad. <laughs> well, compared to me, I thought it was good. <laughs> oh, man, I, I appreciate that because when I'm calling, I'm always like, man, this sounds like crap, you know. But <laughs> how many times are you turkey hunting and you think, man, that guy needs to learn how to call and the hen, the hen will walk out, you know. Oh, don't even get us started when it get, comes to a duck call. It's 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 awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Greg, tell us a little bit um, – are there any organizations or anything like that, that that you would throw out there for anyone that may possibly have just been injured or is, is starting the recovery process or anything like that, that, that maybe they can sit at home and just look up online and maybe get in contact with? Sure. Um, there's an organization called Wheeling Sportsman that has a chapter in every state. And I would I would say if you're, you know, a newly newly disabled person or you're a hunter with a disability and you, you want to try hunting for the first time, I would always recommend going online and kind of looking to see what's available in your state. Um, local chapters are, are really good. Um, Pennsylvania uh, Bow Hunters, um, they have a, a disabled uh, uh, sportsman's um, chapter uh, that's been you know re really good. 
um, for me. Um, looking at your local gun club, your, your local uh, archery clubs, um, a lot of times they'll put on 3D shoots. Uh, try to get involved and, and make friends go out and, and see, you know, what's what's around you locally. Um, Buckmasters has a, has a big guy, Disabled Deer Foundation. Um, if, if you use Google a lot, just kind of see what's in your area. Try to hook up with uh, local groups. Sometimes even townships have uh, disabled hunts. I know here in October, um, near uh, uh, Bridgeville, Pennsylvania, South Fayette Township, they're having a uh, disabled hunt. I think it's October 21st, 22nd, 23rd, where they do uh, deer management around their, their park area. Um, so when, once you start Googling your, your area, I think there's lots of opportunity uh, for people to get out and, and enjoy hunting. Those are all great points. And I, I hope that if, if that reaches one person on this podcast, then this podcast will be, I mean, it was worth it anyway, but it'll, it'll really mean something uh, to us because there's just, there's not enough information out there, like you said. And, uh, you know, it, it can really make a huge difference in someone's life and it can change someone's life. So, but we, we do appreciate you coming on Greg. If, uh, unless you have anything else to say, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate it. Um, good luck this season. Uh, hopefully, oh. hopefully you do well. And just like I said, enjoy getting out there and just, like I said, it's just nice being in the outdoors. Well, you, you said it, Nate, and you know, I, I appreciate both of you guys having me on and all you're doing. I mean, reaching out, um, that, that means a lot to me that you know, we're, we're doing something to help other people. And I've just been so fortunate, so blessed, uh, to get, to get out and kind of find my way and, I always say no matter how you get there, you know, get there. So um, it doesn't matter what equipment you're using, whether you're shooting a hand-me-down bow, that's that's how I started, or if you're shooting a expensive bow, you know, just, just get out and go to the range and, and try your best. And you're, you're going you're gonna to start and stop. You're, you're not going to, you know, have success right away, or maybe you will. But don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to try. That's I think that's the message of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't hit, couldn't have said that better. That's a great message. And, uh, Greg, we appreciate it, buddy. If you want to reach out or visit Greg's page, give him a follow at accessible hunter on Instagram. And he's also on Facebook and, uh, appreciate it, Greg. Oh, you're so welcome guys. Hope you have a great afternoon. All right. Thanks. We'll be on the lookout on your page. Say how you do this year. Hey, thanks man. Good. And I'll, I'll, I'll be following you guys too. I hope, hope you guys get some big ones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Take it easy, Greg. Take care. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.